Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you've uh, tuned in. If this is your first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And we would ask you to do us a favor by clicking on the digital connection card up here and just let us know who you are. And if you might have a prayer request or if there's some information we could send you. And we certainly hope it's not your last time. So thanks for being part of our online experience. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and are glad, too, that you found time to tune in and be part of our weekend experience. We're in the month of January, and it's a pretty easy start to the year. Not a lot going on here in the building, other than our friends from NA and AA sharing our space on Thursday evenings, and so I want to continue to pray for them. Did have a conversation with our friend Sonetta, who works with the Girl Scouts, and they had uh, 30 young ladies here on Monday night, and we'll be meeting every other week, and they, too, appreciate the use of the space and lots of good things happening there. And our plan is to have them be part of our weekend experience here in the month of February as they celebrate Girl Scout Week. But we're grateful for all that God continues to do. We're in our series called Winning the War in Your Mind. This is week two. I'm taking a walk through Pastor Craig Gochelle's book of the same title. I've been listening to it on audiobook and yeah, reading through some excerpts just to encourage my mind as I think about planning out what the year, even here in this third week of uh, January, may hold for me and, and for our church and for others. And so as we begin this time, as we think about what it means to lean into understanding our mind, I want to go to a scripture that Paul shares out of the book of Romans, you know, his great book on theology, where he reminds us in uh, chapter uh, 12 of in verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's that renewing of the mind that we have to continue to lean into, just because of how our minds work, that it's, it's not a simple process sometimes, that it really is about discipline and habit, and especially here as we begin. It was interesting this week as we met for the Godsfield uh, Interchurch Community Group, uh, one of the uh, participants shared that they noticed that they started going to the gym in the first week and how all this new equipment showed up in one area of the gym. And there were all these people that were there about the same time that they were. And they asked the, the manager of the gym what was going on. It's, and they were quick to respond, well, they're all new people, but they won't be here uh, by the 1st of February. And that's so true, right? It's about the habits that we have to lean into and, and the pathways that we have to sort of walk in to uh, make our lives work. And at the same time, I think, too, just about how our decision-making process works. Sometimes we, we make crazy choices that make no sense, that we uh, decide to do this or that or the other thing, and yet it becomes our, our reaction to those things and, or how life comes at us. So recently here at the church, because of your generosity, we uh, decided to replace the exit signs. The batteries had uh, died and weren't recharging and so when the power goes out the exit signs weren't illuminating and the fire department was in on an inspection and asked us to update those and so we started to do that and man we ordered the first four and made the replacements and it all looked amazing and then we ordered another four to install and in the process of installing we shorted out the the circuit breaker well come to find out we couldn't figure out where the circuit breaker was it was driving us nuts it was so crazy, and it turned out, thanks to Dan Feldman knowing somebody who installs 
fire safety uh, kinds of equipment, they said, hey, there might be in your mechanical room a, an old-style bus fuse. And you know what? Sure enough, there is. And it's something that Dan and I had seen, and we never looked at it because we thought it was something that went to the older part of the church and had no idea. Well, sure enough, we opened the box, and the fuse was blown, and all we had to do was run to the store and buy some new fuses and uh, put it in, and it worked perfectly. But it, it was amazing how we were running around, turning off every breaker we could find, and how crazy it was driving us. And it just it made no sense in the moment. And, and when we think about just, I'm going to do a simple process, and then it goes south right away, it really sort of frustrates, I think, all of us. Then we end up, uh, just our behavior uh, gets kind of crazy. Now, uh, there are these other things that we lean into, right? As we think about our character, that we want to be uh, people that are nice, and yet we end up yelling at others. That we want to save money, but we end up spending money to sometimes save money, right? That makes no sense. And and more fundamentally, we want to trust God with all that he's about, and yet what do we do? We end up worrying and are just fearful that maybe something isn't going to work out the way that we want it to, that somehow God isn't going to show up. Well, I want to suggest that part of the reason that sometimes that we behave in a way that's maybe irrational has to do with maybe how we've understood things. And so even back to the installation of the exit lights, come to find out that in a previous season of electrical codes that in buildings it was required, and our building was built in the 50s, that the exit lights had to be wired in such a way that they were all wired together along with the security lights that would go on when the power goes out before the circuit breaker panel, if that makes any sense. And that's why that fuse exists on the board. But it's interesting that the problem we had is we didn't understand how the pathway to the electric worked, and, and so we needed to have a better understanding. Unfortunately, someone did have that because of uh, the way things used to be. So when we think about our own stories, and last week we talked about this idea of how our brains work, right, this uh, thing called the neural pathways, and what comes from that is anytime we experience something, whether it's a baby or it's us as adults, is that our brain creates a pathway of, on, of being able to remember it that it becomes part of our internal wiring, if you will. It actually is how our brains get programmed. Think about this, a baby who smiles learns very quickly that if they smile at their mother or their father, that the mother's gonna smile or the father's gonna smile back and they're gonna know that that action of smiling is a good thing. Now, they also know that if they do something to harm themselves, like maybe touching a hot stove, that there's a pain that they, they feel right away, they realize that that stove or that register is hot, and so they're not going to do that again, right? They also learn, too, that if uh, they want something, food or, or a toy or maybe a, a piece of candy, that if they cry long enough, that mom or dad will respond to them in a positive way, at least as far as they're concerned, and they'll get their reward. Which, again, talks about how our mind is wired. And so here's what we need to understand as we think about the science of our minds, the science of our brains, is that the more that we think a particular thought, for us, the easier it's going to be to think that thought again or do that action again. Uh, now, when we realize this, that it's the good stuff that we put into our life that can help us in a positive way, but it's also the bad news is that we end up believing lies about ourselves or about our circumstances that can also have an impact on how we see life and how we react to the, the battle that is in our mind. 
Now, again, uh, looking at last week's message, because I think it's so fundamental, some of the points that Craig makes in his book is that, first of all, to be reminded that the, the mind is a battlefield, that there is a war literally for our mind about positive thoughts. And remember, last week we had this particular thought that most of life's battles are won and lost in our mind. Now, it's interesting, I shared some of my teaching last week in jail this week as we talked about what it means to be a good man and how to be a good dad. I can tell you that my friends in jail totally agreed with these statements, uh, particularly as they think about the addictions that they're pushing through and trying to find recovery. Now, when we look at Scripture, Scripture tells us very clearly that we do live in a, a world that's at war. And to be reminded, as we looked last week from Paul and his writing to Second Corinthians, that, and this is my sort of a, a take on it, is that uh, we work with weapons that aren't of this world. They, Paul reminded us that we have a divine power that can destroy the strongholds or the arguments, and, and that there is this uh, pretension, he says, that sets itself up against uh, knowing God. And he wants us to be very clear that our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to, is to take captive every thought in our minds and to make it obedient to God's word. And that's why this matters. It will help us in our faith walk to become more fully devoted followers of Jesus. Another point that comes out in Craig's book is this statement here that your life is always moving in a direction of your strongest thoughts. Again, that statement really resonated with my friends in jail. It's like, yeah, that's totally true, especially as they think about uh, addiction. And then this idea that we talked about last week, too, is that what comes into your mind will play out in your life. It, it comes out in how you live your life each day. And so how it's important, and not just to have the power of positive thinking, but to actually have uh, a positive view of the world based upon God's view of the world. Because we learned last week, too, that we can't have a positive life if we have a negative mind. And then finally, as we think about what we're going to talk about this week, as we think about training our minds, and if we think about training our minds, is that if you don't control what you think, you will never be able to control what you do. Let me say that again. That if you don't control what you think, you're never going to be able to control what you do, your actions. And so it is about training our minds. It is about taking a process and engaging our minds in a way to create new neural pathways. And I think it's very similar to how we train our body. Now, for many of us, we think it's just about us doing, right? Well, we just lean into things and make it happen. But no, it's not just what you do, it's also what you put in. And so when we think about training our bodies, it is about how our diet works and, and what we consume. And if we're drinking lots of soda, and having lots of caffeine, it's going to have some issues in terms of how we live out our lives. It's fascinating to me. I'm always surprised uh, as you watch the news each night or watch TV of, of all the different supplements that we can take to make our lives better. It seems like there's always a new pill for something. And yet it is about a regiment and about a process of healthiness that we need to be reminded that it works for our brains in the same way. Now, again, Paul, in another scripture verse to the church at Philippi, says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So he's wrapping up some ideas here. And we need to be reminded that as he says that, that he's actually in, in prison. He's chained to the wall. And yet, what does he say here? He says that for us, we're supposed to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. He says to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
Now, what doesn't Paul say here? He doesn't say that God let him down, that he can't go on, that life is complicated. Somehow may even sense that life maybe will get worse. And yet he has this mindset of thinking positive thoughts about how to wrestle through where he finds himself. It's interesting in another translation of this verse, it says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, that idea of meditation, that can be a concern for some people. What I want to talk about today is this idea of meditating. And I'm not talking about the sort of new age where you become one with the universe and you, you know, clink symbols and go, um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a discipline of how to meditate on God's word. And simply, when we think about the idea of meditation, the simple definition of meditation is this, is to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. Now, it's interesting in Scripture, and we see it through the Psalms particularly, David says, and this is in Psalm 119, which just, if you didn't know, is the longest chapter of Scripture in the the Word of God, where he lays out God's Word in in Psalm 119. It's It's a beautiful Uh, passage to push into where he says this in verse 15 I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways or David says a little bit later in Psalm 143 that I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done now in Eastern meditation the Eastern mysticism what that basically wants you to do is empty your mind and that that somehow you can fill it with this sort of nebulous uh, other Uh, That's not what I'm talking about here. For us as Christ followers, this idea of meditation is where we take and fill our mind with God's word, that we fix our mind on God's thoughts, on his word and the truths that come from that. So what I want to talk about today is how do we train our mind to focus? Now, like anything else, focusing your mind, it's a skill. It's a habit that has to be developed. It's interesting in the remake of The Karate Kid, Jackie Chan, the great theologian, he has a statement here as the, his young student that he's trying to teach the karate kid how to do karate. Uh, he uh, puts him in a place where he's telling him he needs more focus. And, and it's that idea that he says your focus needs more focus. Because for all of us, I think our mind drifts. And unfortunately, I think for most of us, that our mind drifts generally to the lies the idea that we can't be or we won't be or that we're just not able to do certain things. And so what I want to offer today is not just the idea of power of positive thinking. I want to move beyond that. But the idea is to say that we need to train our mind towards truth by looking to God's word to help us in the moments when we're struggling with these things about this war that uh, Craig talks about that's in our mind. Now, remember last week we talked about how there is a stronghold that come against us. Paul reminds us of that, right? So what I want to ask again this week, uh, because it really is about leaning into uh, naming what stronghold is holding us back. What stronghold is holding you back from being the person that you're supposed to be? What kind of mindset is holding your mind hostage? What is holding your direction that you want to go in hostage? in a way that uh, moves you in a direction that isn't where you want to go or where God wants you to go. Now, it it could be like in some simple way, like our fuse was blown here, just not knowing how things were wired 
to be able to process through and, and put things together in a, in a fresh new way. I think many people struggle with those can'ts and won'ts and nots. And what do I mean by that? Well, for example, I know people who think that they're never going to get out of debt, that they're never going to be able to uh, be able to receive the blessing of what it means to be uh, faithful to God's provision. Or when I talk to my friends that are working through addiction recovery, there is a mindset that somehow they'll never be out of the addiction that they're, they're, they're struggling with. Or it may, might be for you that you're always going to struggle with your health. Or maybe it's about you feel as though you're never going to be close to God. Or that maybe you're never going to have a job that will be meaningful and impactful. Or even for some, this idea of not, never being able to get married, uh, that that's not going to happen. And so as we push through whatever that might be for you, your stronghold, remember last week we also talked about what truth will demolish that stronghold. What is it that we can meditate on in God's word that will help us better understand his provision and care for us and to win the battle in our mind? And the simple answer to that is we need to look at scripture. And Craig lays out a process that's a very simple process, basically that we need to write it down, that we need to think about it and meditate on it, that we need to confess that it's not going to happen unless God provides the provision and through his Holy Spirit to make it happen, and that we just do it on repeat and we, we do it all over again. And we, we do that until it becomes a habit and becomes a part of our mind until we believe that it's true. Again, what it's doing, back to the science of, of our brains, is it's creating a new neural pathway. It's literally renewing our mind with the truth of God. Let me give you a couple examples of naming the stronghold and then looking at the truth of Scripture to help us process through that and to break it. This idea of uh, that you may be struggling to know God's will. Well, that, that's the stronghold. I don't know how to know God's will, but the truth of Scripture is this, is that your life belongs to God, and that daily, if you seek Him, that He will daily direct your steps. And as you lean into your relationship with Him, that you will know His voice and that He will lead you to His perfect will. That if you're in intimate relationship with God, He will speak to you and will direct your steps. Or if we lack confidence, well, again, name the truths of Scripture, that your confidence is in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. Because his Spirit lives within me, you can do anything he calls me to do. We can also draw on, as this list, and I'm going to share a couple more, but we've looked at this before, is Neil T. Anderson, a well-known Christian thinker and a psychologist, has written a book called Bondage Breakers, and he maps out just simply using scripture, and there's a link here to it in the worship notes, a PDF that you can download, about who you are in Christ. The truths that we need to say to ourselves over and over again as we face life. A couple other statements that Craig points out in the book, Strongholds, if you will, as examples, is that for some, they find comfort in food, right? That uh, sometimes we lean into eating to deal with our problems. And so the, to break that, the truth is, is that when you're stressed, it isn't about eating food, it's about turning to God, not food. That you come to Jesus because he is what you need and will meet you in all your needs. That you will find strength and comfort in him. And this one we've talked about many times is this idea of worry. How do we battle the worry that's in our minds? But we need to be reminded that it's because of who Jesus is 
that we should not be anxious about anything, that we cast our cares on God because he cares for me, that you have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. Now, again, Craig suggests, and I think it's really important, it's a, it's a great process, is to, to write it down, to think it, to confess it, and to do it again, repeat, until you believe it. Because you're creating the neural pathways that will renew your mind with truth. I know to share a little of the strongholds I push through on a regular basis is this idea of inadequacy, that, that I'm, I'm never going to get it done of being a pastor and leading a church is always gonna be complicated. Again, looking at some truths that we've walked through here, some major big points, the rocks we wanna navigate around, right, is that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, that if you don't control what you think, that you're never gonna be able to control what you do, and that if you wanna take your mind back, you need to meditate on God's truth, and that will allow you to find hope that will allow you to find encouragement in your walk with Jesus. One thing I'd like to do today is to speak some truth over you and over myself about who we are. As I said last week, to be reminded, we're not enough. That when we lean into what life brings us, no matter what our calling is, that we're never going to get it done. And that we struggle with that, I think, all of us as human beings. That somehow we're not good enough. Or even the idea, even more fundamentally, is that because of that, that, we're, that God can't love us. And there are promises in Scripture that we need to declare, uh, that need to be spoken, to be understood, that we need to believe in our hearts about who we are. And so, again, I want to point you to the PDF that's here in the worship notes of who you are in Christ. But as we gather here online, I want to declare some things over you and over myself about who we are in Jesus. That you are strong and mighty, that you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you, that you are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. that you are not your past, that you are not what you did, that you are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. That you are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the Word of God 
guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from God's love, not death, not demons, not the present, not the past, no power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are such fundamental truths that we need to embrace each day. They're right here in the worship notes. I'd encourage you to print it off and put them on cards or on post-it notes and put it on stickies where you can find them so that you can be encouraged each day to be reminded about who you are, to repeat it in front of the mirror, to repeat it as you pray, or to print off the Neil T. Anderson handout about who you are in Christ. Again, most of the battles are won and lost in our minds. And the truth is, there is a battle that rages, but because of what Jesus has done for us, we have won the war. And let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this truth. Encourage us through your Holy Spirit to lean into all Jesus that you've accomplished for us. And we just pray that we can live by that truth each day to see us as you see us and all that you've accomplished for us. And we pray it in your strong name. Amen. <music>